Yeah, 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 this Cassidy, and I need y'all to check out my new interview with Real Life Street Stars right now. Let's get it. Easy. Everybody start clapping right now. We got a legend in the building. The hustler. Y'all motherfuckers already know Cassidy. What's going on, baby? Gold gang in the building, man. Thanks for having me, man. Man, real legend shit, man. I remember, man, we was young niggas. Man, and when that motherfucking Cassidy mixtape dropped, niggas knew some bars was coming your motherfucking way, man. What you doing out here in Dallas, bro? That's one thing you can rely on with me, man. Definitely gonna say some shit. Have some bars in there. Facts, facts. What do you think is the craziest bar, bro, that you ever spit? I don't know. They are like my babies, man. Like, you know, that's like asking you what's your favorite son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you don't have one that stick out because like the one you were just spitting for me was like when we was young when it, when that, that that Smack DVD dropped for niggas down south. You know, it was just like. Getting your hands on a hidden gem type shit. I like lines for different reasons. Sometimes I like like them because I know how complicated they are, how difficult it was to write, how original it is. I know the level of the science it is because I study it. But sometimes I like lines just the reaction they get from the people. They might not understand the science like me, but they just reacting and still love it. So that make me love the line more because that's what I write for. Did you ever get writer's block, bro? Because I was just analyzing your style, right? You like back to back with punch. It's like every bar you saying something cold. How do you, how do you, how does your mind get to that point where you can just deliver so many bars back to back, bro? It's like. I don't believe in writer's block. I don't believe that can happen. It's like so much stuff going on, so much stuff to talk about. And that's even if you're just trying to be a writer. But if you're trying to rap like and write lyrics, you could write lyrics about anything you see. Like anything around you could be a lyric. So it's always something to rap about. So if you got, if you feel like you can't write, it's like you blocking your own mind for a particular reason. Something else is distracting you and making you tell yourself that you got writer's block. But there's no such thing as that for real. Like you could lock in and come up with something whenever you're ready. That's facts. On the toilet, uh, while driving, uh, you know, where, where, do, where do some of your best bars come from? While you driving, while you, while you just sitting back with your girl, or just... like I live rap, so yeah, yes, I don't even really remember where all my bars came from. Like what I was doing. Ah, there you go. At all times, I think of raps. Like you know what I mean. Sometimes I could be driving in the car with my wife, and I could just own out and just start thinking about raps. Yeah. Even sometimes she could be in the middle of telling me something and something might pop in my mind and she know yeah. I'm wandering off, but it's like. I'm sure right now you're creating a bar for us right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. So normally we like to go through there, man, as far as just, you know, kind of getting a little history. And uh, you, your history is already known, but you used to go by Cassie the problem, you know, when you and Swiss Beast was going in there. And then it became the hustler, you know. Um, when it was Cassie the problem, you know, when it when it was, you know, that. That, ooh, when it was, I'm talking about 01, 02, 03. Yeah. Um, how, first of all, how did you even get the name Cassidy? And then when did you start saying, okay, I'm a problem? 
Like, when did it hit you? Well, I was born with the name Bars, Barry, Adrian, Reese. Oh, That's shit. my name. Wow. That's crazy. Like, you was Memphis, yeah. Yeah, it's like on my, it's on my ID. That's the name I was born with, and um, in Philly, um, not everybody, but a lot of people use the slang the ball. So, um, if your name was like Jerry, they'd be like, "Yo, that's the boy Jerry." Your name is like Donald, they'd be like, "Yo, that's the boy Donald." So they used to call me B. That's short for bars. You know what I'm saying? So my name was B and they used to call me the boy B. So I entered this radio competition. And at the time my name, my rap name was uh, Little Sharp. Little Sharp. Yeah. yeah. And I was in a group called Little, Lyrically Sharp and Dangerous. It was called LSD. That yeah. was the group I was in, me and this other kid named Lucky. It's like my first group when I was a kid playing around, not even taking rap serious. But I was like Little Sharp at the time. But when they asked me, like this at this particular time you called the radio it was super busy busy signal busy signal then it finally started ringing and i'm on the phone for an hour and it's still ringing they ain't never pick it up so i'm talking to myself like yo i'm about to hang the fuck up they ain't never gonna pick up and right when i'm about to hang up out of nowhere they said one two three one now who this and it's like i'm like that shit caught me off guard like a motherfucker so i'm like the boy b but that wasn't my rap name, but I'm just responding like somebody in real life asking you, who this? Yeah. So I'm like the Bull B and they recorded that. And they like, yo, tonight on the Cypher we got the Bull B. And they had me saying that. Yeah. So from that point on, I went by the Bull B. And I started winning that for months at a time, got popular in the city. So I needed a last name to go with B. So in the dream, Cassidy came to me. I'm like, yo, that'd be a dope last name. So my name was B Cassidy. B. Doc Cassidy. And that was my full name is B. Cass, known for the chrome and the ski mask. I'm so dope, I should get thrown in the rehab. Like, that was my name. But you know, in the business, niggas be lazy. So they ain't want to call me B. Cassidy or B. Doc Cassidy. So eventually, niggas just start calling me Cassidy and cut the B out. Then eventually, niggas cut all the Cassidy out and just start calling me Cass. So the record labels just drop the B off it and just start promoting me as Cassidy. But that was originally like my last name, but that's how that came to me. Now the problem came, cause when I first got my record deal, I was asking a lot of questions. You know, this is a funny business. <laughs> a lot of things that they explain to you before you get a deal, don't go down after you get a deal. So I had a lot of questions. I wanted to learn the business. I wanted to know what was going on with this money that they were saying I had. So what was some of the so, questions you were asking? Um, it's too many to get started, man. Where the money? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I had a question about damn that everything that I ain't understand, or I wasn't willing to just um, bust a move if I don't understand why we need to. Like I don't got no problem moving with the team or busting a move if I understand it. But if I don't understand it, and you tell me, yo, run across the room. Like if I feel like my life in danger, I might do it before I understand and ask you later. Right. But if it ain't no problem, I don't see nobody else running, it don't look like nobody life in danger, then I might be like, wow, like <laughs> fuck you want me to run over there for? Yeah. And if it don't make sense and you don't explain it to me, then it's probably gonna be difficult to get me to run across the room. You know what I'm saying? So that's not how the normal artists, especially at the age I was, I got my first deal when I was 17. 
Who did you get the deal so, with? This was with Swiss or this was prior to him? My first deal was with Rough Riders. Okay. So at that age, you're not supposed to be asking questions. You're just supposed to be cooperating and doing whatever anybody say. So by me having that character, they was like, yo, he's a problem. He's a problem. Like, so it was kind of based on how I was giving it up in battle rap and how niggas kind of fuck with me, fuck with me. I was a problem as far as that's concerned. And I was a problem because I was asking questions and I wasn't like cooperating. I wasn't like an easy artist to work with. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's how I got the name The Problem. Oh, that's real. That's real. What was the most diva shit you think you did? Like just during your, the span that you doing? Did you did you feel like you did something that was diva or did you just feel like it was all justified? Um, Both. I did. <laughs> I did deep shit, but I definitely feel like it was justified. Yeah, no, for real. Like, you know what I mean? I don't really be jumping out the window. I be trying to make the best decisions at the time. Even yeah. if you look back on shit and be like, maybe I could have did something different now that you know the outcome. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, I thought I was making the best decision. <laughs> but when you look back on it, it's like, man, that shit was crazy. Now, of course, you know, Swiss was with Rough Riders. He had the full surface. Uh, added, you know, he pulled you out. Where did Swiss even find you at? Was he listening to the radio or something that day? Or was he just out and about watching you do battle raps or something? Nah, Swiss didn't find me. Actually, Swiss' father found me in Philly. Oh, he stopped at a barbershop and was asking, like, who hot in the city? And my barber actually rapped, and he knew my barber rap. Oh, that's a real barber. So, you know what I mean? He was asking my barber, like, you know, to get busy. My barber like, y'all rap, but <laughs> someone else is like, not like that. Like, you know what I mean? I got some raps, but I ain't, I'm cutting, like, you know what I'm saying? But you want a real rap? Like, you want a real rap? Like, nigga, that's like, that nigga, you need the Cassidy. So he called me. And I'm like, yo, what's up? He like, yo, I got some nigga at the barbershop. Come through. And this was at the age before my deals. When anybody called me, I just was always ready to rap. So I came to the barbershop and I see T T D. T D the negotiator Terrence Dean, that's his name. That's Swiss biological father, but I didn't recognize him. Like at this time, I never seen him before. He not like DMX. He not like nobody I know. So he had on like a rough rider hat and a shirt or something, but I'm like, who is boy? Like I don't even know him. But he like, yo, let me hear something. So I just start rapping, spit a, like a little regular verse. And he like, let me hear some more. Once he said that, next thing you know, I'm rapping for like 30, 45 minutes, just going crazy. Got the whole barbershop going crazy. And he like amazed, probably never seen a nigga get busy like that, especially at my age. So. He took all my information and told me, like, yo, I want to get with you and all that. But like I said, I ain't recognize him. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, gave him my shit and I just left. I'm like, whatever, man. Like, yeah, like, I ain't think it was about nothing. Then like, like two days later, this one beepers was out. So my mom paged me while I'm in school. And I know it's like got to be something serious because she know I'm in school. Or even when I wasn't in school, I was supposed to be. So for her paging me at this time, it's like it gotta be serious. So this one I go to the payphone. This one payphones was out, not cell phones. I got a page and I had to go to the payphone. So I called my mom and she like, yo, I'm calling you because did you meet some boy named Terrence or something like that? I'm like, nah, like, she like, he said he down with Rough Riders and he da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh yeah, I did meet some old head boy from Rough Riders the other day. 
She's like, oh, well, he said his brothers is the CEOs of Rough Riders. He wants you to come out to New York and meet him. And so I'm like, for real? I'm like, all right. And then that's when I left school, got with my niggas, went out in New York, and got with him. And that's when I got my first deal. So that's how I was able to meet Swiss. He was the main producer over there at the time. I'm signed to them. So that's how we started to, you know what I mean? Was Build that, the relationship and shit. Was that the time you did that, that iconic 11 minute freestyle with DJ Enough? Was that around that time? On nah. Hot 97 or? That later? was later. Oh, later, okay, okay. That okay. was after I got off of Rough Riders. I got with Swiss. We started the production company for Surface Records because yeah. Swiss was doing this thing as a producer and wanted his own production company outside of Rough Riders. So he told me that's what he was going to do, but he needed an artist and he wanted me as a solo artist. So that's when we start working and um, we started Full Surface Records and then I got a deal with J Records. So around that time, when I start working with Swiss and we start building the buzz up, was when you start hearing all them freestyles and all of that stuff like that. But at the Rough Rider times, um, I was like really putting out DVD stuff in Philly. Like it was like a two raw for the streets DVD in Philly that was like super popping. I was on that a lot. And they put me on Rough Rider, Rider Dial Volume 2 and Volume 3. So I was getting like the opportunity to get heard, but I wasn't like the center of attention at that time. And I was in a three-man group called Larceny Family. Me, Shiz, Lansky, and Kyle Akbar, two of my homies from Philly. They wanted me to come out there as a solo artist, like Swiss dad called me out there myself. But I just brought them with me and just said, yo, let's act like we a group and see what happened. And that's how we got the deal. You know what I'm saying? That's great. That's great. How was yeah. it uh, meeting DMX? DMX? Legend, rest in peace. Motivation. You know what I'm saying? Like inspiration like you know what i mean he was like the center of attention when i got signed to rough riders he was the the cash cow like he was the one bringing in all the money selling all the records he had all the attention so um just to see his energy the way he performed the way he ain't really give a fuck about fitting in or doing the norm like he went against the grain and did mostly everything the the powers that be or the labels would tell you not to do. Yeah. He did that and made it work for him and was big and huge and out selling the dudes that did cooperate and fall in line. Facts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Facts. So to see that and him doing it in his own way was like big for me and motivation for me to like stick to the script. Who, who do you think won that battle with him and Jay-Z behind, uh, I forgot what tour that was, but they were back there rapping. Do you ever see that rap? Yeah. Yeah. Who who would you put your money on? X, especially at that time, you know that's when um, Jay Z was like he was at his fast flow, like no 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 like so like that against huh do huh do huh do oh you don't know what the gun do like some do those who don't real fight like what the fuck you like ah it's different. Did you ever try to battle DMX? Because, I mean, you didn't give a fuck. You was battling anybody back then. Nah, X. Just also, even on some play shit, because y'all was, you was around nothing but spitters, bro. Nah, because X was like, I had too much respect for X. Like, he was too big. 
and he was super on before me. Like when I was listening to him, they put out the tape, one side was all DMX, then the other side was all cannabis. And that was like my favorite tape, like that like, that was like a, like a, a moment in time when I'm like, yo, I gotta step it up. Like, <laughs> like these niggas got me, I gotta step it up. They got me fucked up. Like, so that tape was like game changing for me. Like, so X was already on, selling records on this thing before I even got on. So I don't like to go at like my inspiration. Right, 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 right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless they disrespect me. Like, you know what I mean? I even battle myself. I told niggas I battle my fucking mom. I battle my sons. So of course I battle even legends that I respect, like if I battle myself, but I'm not going to initiate it. I'm never going to have no negative energy towards them because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't even be who I am. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I never, but I did say that nobody else could battle X once I came around. So like DMX, the locks, Eve, Dragon, none of them had to battle again once I came around. Like if you came around talking about you rap, all right, you got to go through like, yeah, yeah, you got to go, go through me, and nobody couldn't, nobody couldn't get through it because it's like I was going crazy on every single person. So ever since I came around, none of them had the battle rap no more. They could just focus on music and making history. Yeah, you know I mean? now you know back in the Smack DVD era, you know what I'm saying? You versus T Rex was a thing even back then. You know what I'm saying? Like you actually jumped in battle rap. What made you do it? Like, what actually made you pull the strings to jump in battle rap and get out there with disaster? Well, I feel like I started this new form of battle rap that we consider battle rap, like all of these leagues and shit. I feel like that was my energy. Like, from what I was doing on the streets, what I was doing in the studio with other legends, what I was, like, doing on DVDs, the me and Freeway battle. Like, all of that is, like, what you know, gave the energy and set it off for what we got right now. So I feel like I started this whole shit. And back then, when I felt like I gave that energy off, I told niggas I'm not going to battle no more until I get 250,000. Because I was making records, I was successful in other ways, and I felt like I wasn't reaping the benefits for all the energy I was putting out with battle rap. So I told niggas I'm not coming back until I get this amount of money. When I said that, People wasn't even getting a dollar to battle rap. So it seemed like it's impossible. Like, yo, he is out his mind. What is he talking about? Like, 250000 You can't even get $250. Like, nobody can't get nothing. Like, so it seemed like it was, like, unheard of. Niggas couldn't see, think it was possible. But I felt as though it was. Like, I believe in battle rap. And I know the energy I carry. So I just knew it was going to happen. And... The disaster battle was the first time they called me with the offer that I was looking for. You know, other leagues was trying. All of the other leagues was trying forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? You were even here. Yo, Smack just offered him 30000 and he turned it down. He not getting 30000 to show. And why would he turn that down? And everybody got you know, something to say, like when they don't really know about this type of business. Like, of course I would expect you to tell me to take 30,000 if you coming out for $300. You know what I'm saying? 30,000 is like, of course you should think I should take it. But I'm talking about me, what I feel like I'm worth. So 
those Alki David, the King of the Dot dudes, was the first dudes to come to the table with the money that I was saying I needed to come back. Once they did it, and then they made it make sense, and nigga seen the energy I brought to the table, then you start seeing other leagues start wanting to lock me in too, because it makes sense. In your face-offs, you are unusually cool. And I'm talking about dudes be jumping up and down, ready to fight, <laughs> run out the building, and you just remain yourself. <laughs> yeah. How are you able to keep that cool? Um, I feel like I know these battle rap dudes, man. Yeah. Like this whole energy they got, like I know what it is. I know these dudes personally, like, right. you know what I mean? Me and all these dudes met before, talked. I seen them behind the scenes, like when the camera's off, they done told me shit wild times. Wild times I done called these dudes and motivated them for their battles, gave them encouragement, gave them tips in different times of their life. So when they talk like that, like I don't believe it. Like maybe as a fan watching, they might, but I don't. So that's why I don't, and I know how to get under people's skin. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's the one thing that they can't beat me in. I just show that it's like so easy for me to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? In a face-off, I don't gotta like, um, because of the business and because I didn't like, it's not even a business yet. So I don't gotta like cut back. I could yeah. like prove the niggas that they can't fuck on me with the face-off. I just hold back in the battle. I don't give my all in the battle because the business ain't right. So in the face-off, I just show you that, like, you can't fuck with me at all. Right. Yeah. But in the battle, it's like I be giving, like, 20% because that's the on, only thing they paying is, like, yeah. the 20%. Exactly, exactly. Oh, so you're, saying, you're saying so you could go way crazier on niggas is what you're saying. Yeah, like, so. Hey. I, I, I gave like 20% against like Hitman. Yeah, I'm about like, to say, I, want, I want to talk about the Hitman face-off. And not even before the battle itself. When, uh, when the face-off is going like that and you know you feel like you're getting under man's skin, questioning his morals. Because I ain't gonna lie, we just had Hitman here like two weeks ago. We just did an interview with him. We didn't talk about you, but I'm curious, when he does go for a bag, like in your thought process, like man, what, what, what like what is your thought process when that showmanship is going on? Are y'all trying to sell a fight like a, like some like some Mayweather shit, or you feel like is this dude really going for the bag right now? Or what is he doing? I mean, it wasn't no like loving hip hop stage shit, like you know what I mean. Everything that was happening though was like under my control. Like ever since he start walking in, I had I I I had him from the beginning. Like and I start I didn't even say nothing. I didn't even talk to him. Just when I came in the building with my team, the way I just came in, the energy just went towards me. Like he used to like if another battle rapper he was battling walked in, they wouldn't have drained the energy from him. He would have kept it. But when I walk in, it's like, it's my room now. And I'm walking around like that. So I start singing a Jay-Z rap. Now you got these young cats acting like they slung cats. All in they dumb raps talking about how they fun stack. When I see them in the street, I don't see none of that. Damn, playboy. Fuck is your hummer at? I'm just saying Jay-Z shit, he getting mad though. He feel like that. Yo, he felt like Jay-Z specifically wrote that for him. Like that was like a like a hitman diss. 
Like when I said that, he <laughs> felt like that. All that shit was like getting to him. And it's like, why? That's just a Jay-Z verse. So once I see that, it's like, yo, my nigga, I super, you don't stand a chance, my nigga. You came and let me say a Jay-Z verse without getting emotional. You lost already, bro. Like, it's like, it's going to always be like that, though, man. Like, even a good, there's some dudes that's, like, better at face-offs than other ones. So some of the better ones, they like, yo, I want to see him do a face-off with him. That'd be a good one. Yeah, nah, bro. I ain't gonna lie. The face off was epic, bro. I ain't gonna lie. It just seemed like it'd be good because they probably good against other rappers, but when it's a face off against me, it's gonna go the same way. Probably worse. Yeah. Did you did you expect three million though on a face off? That's kind of wild. Yeah, you I expect even bigger numbers in the future. Like, you know, every time I come back, numbers go up. Straight up. Like, you know, my last battle with Hitman was the biggest numbers as far as the face-off in the battle. Yeah. So every time I come back, I'm going to give a little more percentage of myself. I'm going to do better. I'm going to beat the opponent worse every time. And the views and everything going to keep going up with me. Like, with other battle rappers, it's going to go the same or fall. But with me, it's going to keep going up. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so I got to ask, man, like, I feel like you could start your home battle rap league. I mean, you kind of known for this. You know what I'm saying? Why, why, why haven't you done it? Like, I, that's like. I would never invest my money into battle rappers. Like, especially right now at this stage that they at. It's just like a funny business and they like, they too unreliable. Mm. So I'd be jeopardizing too much of my money. And I see the the things that league owners have to deal with as league owners. And I know me as a man, I couldn't deal with that. So they yeah, yeah. with the third round, you're not going for that? No, I'm not going well, for a lot rich. of this stuff. Or a nigga not showing up at all. Like, <laughs> once, I, <laughs> like, nigga, <you> see? <laughs> once I give you like an advance, I book flights and I do stuff and I tell people you're supposed to battle at my league and then you don't come. Oh, no. Like, I can't just do business or like yo i'm gonna have my lawyer reach out like nah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. Like, yo, my nigga like you can't never come to a battle for the yeah, rest we, of your yeah, life <laughs> you ain't show up to my battle now you can't show up to a battle no more yeah, you, like nobody battle. Done battling. yeah it's over your career <laughs> over. and it's like damn i gotta take it that far guys it's like yo my nigga like <laughs> Like, what are you talking about not taking this, this nigga got my money like he got it right now like what are you talking about <laughs> I I can't do that. And it's like they be demanding money. It's like a big headache dealing with battle rappers. And a lot of them not even on a job. Like you said, they be choking. They don't be having three complete rounds. That's they right. don't participate in the face-offs to make people want to watch it or draw any energy towards the battle. They don't do no other promo work outside of just writing the raps, and they barely do that. Yeah. And then when they do it, it's not like it's super up or the views up or everybody interested. So it's like, what would be the point of investing in them to take them type of chances? I'd rather invest in myself, a person I know going to come with three rounds. I'm never going to mess up. Nobody never going to be able to get under my skin. And I'm going to just always deliver what I need to deliver. I could trust in myself. But these other niggas is like, I don't know. Only way I start a league is if it's with somebody else's money. 
Like if you like, yo, Cavs, I got $5 million to start a league and I want to do it with your name because you the GOAT. And I could take your $5 million, I get niggas checks, they show up, we do this, this is with your money. We got enough to, to legally put some money aside so we can go through the process of legally getting your money back the right way. I don't feel like nothing, nothing wrong. Then we could do it like that. But with my money, like to start the league, I can't do it. Nah, but you, you know, I do want battle rappers to eat. Like, um, people be uninformed. They thought I tried to start a league before, but it wasn't a league. It was just like a little battle rap competition that I was going to throw online. And um, um, we had like team captains and the team captains was all big battle rappers, like niggas with names. And they was going to have like a bunch of rappers under them in a tournament or some shit like that. Yeah. But that wasn't my idea. That was like what I told you, somebody else idea somebody owes money. I just seen the opportunity for people to eat that's in battle rap, the niggas I give a fuck about. So I just start getting niggas checks like they had battles booked and then they ain't even had to battle. You know what I'm saying? And they ain't even have to complete the competition because it got canceled. But all they still got paid, like they did do the tournament, but they didn't. But they still got paid and they didn't even have to do nothing. <laughs> So when people like try to make it seem like I'm not for the culture, that's something for the culture right there. That's like I have my own league and I booked them for a battle. They just ain't have to rap, but they got money. So, so who's your top three battle rappers that you that you fuck with that you think are nice? Um, it's a lot of battle rappers that's nice for different reasons, but um, some of my tops is um Jag. That's my man, South Central. <laughs> That's like he he goat gang mayhem music like he down with me so favoritism, um, K Walker, it's another one of my homies from Philly that I super fuck with, um, Danny Myers, super fuck with Danny Myers like he be checking now we be we going over shit bar God, yeah I fuck with Danny. Um, yeah. Easy, that's my bro too. We worked on a lot of music. We be on the phone a lot. You know what I mean? We be outside of battle rap, like me and Easy be talking and you know what I mean? Building and busting it up with a lot of shit and he on the run right now. So yeah, that's another one that's one of my favorites. Um I got a lot of I got a lot of battle rappers I like for different reasons though. Geechee Gotti, one of them. You know what I'm saying? Murder Mook, another one I fuck with him for right like I fuck with T-Rex, I fuck with Rum Nitty, I fuck with Daylight, like, you know what I'm saying? I fuck with, fuck with a lot of niggas, man. You know what I'm saying? For all different reasons. Different niggas give it up different ways. Yeah, man. Now, you've been only one of the only artists that I've seen. But one thing I like is consistency. So I gotta say, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Danny Myers and dudes like that, like, Maybe a couple of times I might have seen them choke up or not be able to deliver. But out of all of the battles that he had, he like battled like damn every three days. You know what I'm saying? To always be having the rounds. He barely be choking. Like that was like a, a situation he went through. But the nigga be super prepared and he be bodying shit. It don't matter if you like a big name or a nigga I never heard before. Yeah, he go in. So it's like, that's like, that's the attitude I like. Like he got the work ethic. Like he want to be the best. Like he want to be better than everybody. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? So I like that energy. Now, you're one of the only artists I've seen move from battle rap to the music industry, be successful, and then come out, be successful back in battle rap. It seemed like, but a lot of rap battle rappers can't do that. They can't even write a song. What is that about you that can, you know, can do both? Work ethic. Take, take time. It take work, grinding. Two different things. So you could like put in time to get nice with battle rapping, but never know how to make music. That's or right. you could be putting in time to get nice with music and never know how to battle rap. It's two different things and it's going to require a lot of time in both. A lot of artists is lazy. They want the benefits from getting hot, but they don't want to put in the time and the work that it takes to get hot. So in order to be nice and making music and battle rap, it's just going to require time, learning. Like, you know what I'm saying? You either going to have to get school, get guidance from somebody that already made mistakes, or you're going to have to make a lot of them and correct yourself to get better at it. That's facts. You know I mean, it ain't just going to come out of nowhere. That's facts. That's facts. I got to ask, uh, you know, you mentioned Mook. Uh, you know, Mook had a, I guess you could call it a classic battle with him and Jay Mills mm-hmm. back in the day. And then Mook was getting his name up, and then he started, of course, calling you out, wanting you to come back from the hotel success, and I want Cass. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you see T-Rex there. You see him, you know, trying to call you out, and you had a, you know, you responded like, man, it ain't it ain't enough money. Get your young boy to, you know, you know, I, you know, I get my young boy on you. I ain't trying to do it. Why did that battle never happen at that time? When Was the money not right? Were you just not feeling Mook at that time as far as doing him that favor? Or did you feel you were going to kill, like, kill him off the rip? Nah, Mook. My homie now, like I know him, but at that time I ain't know Mook. Never met him, never seen him. Like my first time seeing him was like y'all on the DVD saying that shit about me. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like we had a previous relationship and he was like offering me battles and I'm turning it down. Then he went to the DVD. It's like, I never seen that man. I don't know who the fuck this nigga is. I'm like, yo, who is this nigga talking about? He went. He he got twenty thousand. Who he offered yeah, it to? He like he offered it to an A I'm like, what A and R? Like who is he talking? Like what is this nigga talking about? So that got me mad. I'm like, man, I'm not like I don't even know this nigga. Like what is he talking about? He like, what are you doing? So I'm like, I gotta see this nigga, man. I got I got I got a meeting, man. I gotta see what type time he on. Like, but when I met Moop, I mean, he told me the reason why he was doing that. You know what I mean? His team and the old heads was around him was telling him in order to be like considered one of the best or to try to be the best, you got to go at the best. Like you got to be battle the best. You got to be around the best. And he like, yo, you the best, bro. Like, that's why I did that because you the best. So when I really knew that, like from the DVD, I couldn't tell if he was like a hey, I couldn't tell what he was. You know what I mean? But when I realized why he probably made that mistake, and I still knew he wasn't big enough. It's not like he had enough success or records out to battle me. And they didn't have enough money. Like I told you, I said I wasn't coming back until I get a quarter million. So he didn't have enough money. And you couldn't get it up at the time. So it's like, that's why we didn't battle. And I wasn't in battle rap because they didn't have enough money for me to battle rap. He wasn't in the music industry for us to battle or me to do diss songs on him. So it's like, that's why I never went down. But I called Moot to Jersey, like after I figured it out. And we did a song called Expect the Unexpected. And that was like kind of like battling on beat. 
It was like us really getting busy doing long lyrical verses just to show people, you know what I mean? Show his fan base that he got this. Show my fan base I got this. And we came together so that that energy could be out there. But we're not going to be able to book a battle. This is the most we could do is this record right here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Here y'all go. But they could never make it make sense back then. And then I started to get even cooler with Mook. Like, he got down with Rough Riders. You know, I was with Rough Riders first. He got down with Rough Riders. So the whole people that was behind his project, I already got relationships with. That's like my family. They was even trying to get me to executive produce Mook Project. Like, you know what I'm saying? It got that deep. Like, we was working on music. It was like, so now I don't think it's going to go down to battle with me and Mook. Or it'll be more difficult to get it done. I'm not saying it won't happen. But it's probably like, it's not looking like it's going to go down. You know what I'm saying? If it did, what percentage of your your talent would you use? Um, I'd have, res- I'd have respect that Mook, like, even though he's still running with the energy that I gave off, he's like one of the first. It's not like he like one of them lingering battle rappers. He like one of the first to start it. So I definitely give him more percentage than I gave anybody else, but it depends on the business. Like, it's not, it don't got nothing to do with Mook name. It got to do with the business. Like, if the business right, I give 100%. Like, if yeah. they give me 100% bag, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? But if I feel like I'm taking shorts, then I'm not going to let people see everything I could do. I'm going to do enough to beat Mook, but I'm not going to let people see everything that I could do because it's still future business to be done. Amen. What did you do with Freeway Soul? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you still do you still have it? You have it in the yeah. case. I think free kind of got set up though. You know oh, what I'm saying? Because it's like walk us through that day. Yeah, walk us through that. Because that was one of the infamous things. Like, yeah. I can't fully remember the day. But I think I was at Swiss house. And Swiss like, yo, we gotta go to the studio. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm always ready. So we jump in the car, he got the driver, he driving me to the studio. And we get out in the, we get out, we going in the studio and he like, yo, this is a Mary J. Blige session. He like, this ain't my session, this is a Mary session. Some song I produced for Mary back in the day. She ain't never put it out, but she trying to put it out now. But we did it a little minute ago, so she want me to update some shit in the beat. Gotta add some shit, ba-da, and all that. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we up in the studio. He pulling up some shit. He about to get in his bag. So I'm just sitting on the couch, thinking of my bars, just, you know what I mean, in my bag. So I get hungry. So I'm like, man, I'm about to tell the driver to take me to McDonald's, man. So I go outside, go to the driver, like, yo, take me to McDonald's. Nigga like, all right. So he taking me to McDonald's. While we on the way to McDonald's, the radio on. And it's like, the radio went. Rockefeller was on the radio and they was rapping and all that. So as soon as I'm like, yo, turn that up. As soon as it turned up, they like, they just, they like the rhyme was ending. And then they like, man, can't nobody fuck with us, man. Like, Nigga, we bet money. Niggas, we could bet anything. Nigga, anything niggas want to put up, we betting. These niggas can't fuck with us. Then Jay-Z said, yo, a nigga just called and said he want to bet. 
guess how much he said he want to bet? They like, how much? He like, a thousand dollars. Holla. Like they talking crazy up there, right? So the same way kind of like Hitman felt like that Jay-Z verse was directed at him. <laughs> I felt like that shit that they were saying up there was like at me. I'm like, yo, my nigga, like, they don't realize I'm in New York right now. Like, what are they talking about? Like, what's going on? Like, I just felt mad. Like, so I got my McDonald's. I go back in the studio. So I got my face all frowned. I'm like this. So it's like, fuck wrong with you. I'm like, man, these niggas on the radio talking all crazy, talking about this and that. And can't nobody beat him and all this shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? He like, he like, I'm like, he like who? Like we state property niggas, man. They got fucking hove updates on this, doing this, this. So he like, it don't matter, man. Who about to come to the studio anyway? So I'm like, I'm like, he like, he about to be here in the studio anyway. So then like, he like, cause he on his Mary song, he rapping on, he got to change his verse up. So he about to come through anyway. So then like, Jay-Z was like an inspiration before I got on too. So it was like, at the same time, I'm like happy that I'm gonna meet the nigga, but then mad cause it's like he got these niggas and he talking crazy. But I'm like, damn, this Jay-Z, that nigga, like, so I want to meet him though, right? So I'm in there, I'm just sitting on the couch like this. You know what I mean? And Jay-Z come in the door, he's speaking to Swiss and all them. Like, you know what I mean? Getting shit together. And he come over like right there. And Swiss like, oh, want to introduce you to my artist. This Cassidy, the nicest nigga in the world. Like, like, he the, like, he the nicest. And Jay-Z like the nicest what? <laughs> he like the nicest where? Like, to, to, he like to how, him? He like nigga, this nigga the nicer than who? He ain't nicer than my niggas. You ain't just hear my niggas that I had on the radio. He like he ain't nicer. He don't even look big enough for Beanie. Look at his size. Look how little he is. He not. Oh, uh, you know he don't want it against free. Come on, what you want me to put you against my 16 year old Chris? He start talking like that. So I'm like, yo, it go from like my inspiration, me happy to meet the nigga, to like, yo, my nigga, who the, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, who is you, like, what is you talking about, my nigga? I'm like, yo, I will destroy one of them niggas, man. Who the fuck are you talking to? Like, now I'm getting mad. And Swiss here, so Swiss like, nah, calm down, guys. Relax, bro, like this, like chill. I'm like, man, what the fuck are you trying to kill one of them niggas, man? You can't, you got me fucked up. And Jay-Z, I'm thinking he like, he like, pick up his phone, he like this. Like, like he ain't bothered and shit, like he don't give a fuck. He like, yeah, I'm at the studio. I got this nigga in here talk shit, like he can rap and all that. Yeah, bring Mac, all y'all come through. Yeah, all right, all up, right? So at that time, after I see him make the call, I'm just sitting over there like this. Like, yo, I'm about to kill one of these niggas, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck who it is. Like, it could be him. All jokes aside. Like, yo, it could be him. Like, any of these niggas is about to die right now. So I'm like, yo, and it's a, I like, he called, it's gonna probably be a, a couple of them. I'm like, yo, so I'm gonna get, I got the verses aside. So the verses I said for free, 
It was like the introduction versus just in case they replaced him. I thought they was going to replace him. But they never did. Like, I ain't get to the light. You know what I mean? Yeah. But next thing you know, I had a door get kicked in. It's Matt, bitch. Matt come in. Looking all around. Next thing you know, Oskino right behind him. <laughs> then I see Chris, then Free, and all of them come in. Then they looking all around the room. Now, at this time, our niggas that we call from the studio start coming in too. So now the studio filled up. It's like wild niggas in there. So he looking around like this and all that shit. And next thing you know, he look over to me. And he see me. And he know me from the city. Like, I'm carrying it already. They didn't tell, Jay-Z didn't tell them that they about to come and see me. He said, we got some little nigga <laughs> talk crazy. This and that. So they thinking it's about to be easy. Like, they just got off the radio. They shut the city down. They on top of the world. They like, man, this little nigga about to die. They ain't know it was me, though. So when Beast came, he like, oh, shit. <laughs> be from Philly. He like, be from Philly. What's up? Like, he shake my hand, like, right? He shake my hand. Then Oskino like, oh, shit. B from Philly, your name B, right? So, like, because Oskino already know me, like, he's seen me before, and you just heard him say B from Philly, so you like, oh shit, B from Philly, your name B, right? So I flagged him and I get up like this. And once I get up like this, they like, yo, now who you say you want battle? Who you say you wanted battle? Like, what you what you was saying before niggas? I'm like, what? Nigga, I said I killed any of these niggas. I don't give a fuck who it is. So now they dare. And I'm like, now is is on. Like, I don't give a fuck who it is. And niggas like, free, go ahead, free, 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 uh, go ahead, free, free. Start screaming out free. And I'm like, free? I'm thinking that's the last person they gonna pick is free. So niggas like free, free, free. And that's how it went. Man, I said, <laughs> and that's how this shit went. <laughs> so, so wait a minute, wait. So right when he said, put a beat on, did you know it was done? Like, in your heart hearts. I actually thought it was done, but for that, like if you watch the battle, it was a time when I finished the verse and um, just knew it was done. <laughs> so I good. forgot what I said at the end, like, and you pretend you pay me, I put 10 in your avian, pretend you pay me. Then you stuffed in the dumpster like Brenda, baby. Motherfucker, right? So then he like, so they like, uh, he like, go ahead. They like, put on the beat. And, he like, and they like, nah, <laughs> she don't. Nah, but that, now I'm talking about before that though, I'm, I'm mixing it up though. Before that though, he like says something like after I say that, and he like, yo, you wanna bet? And I'm like, yo, we could bet whatever you want, man. Like, we could bet whatever you want, nigga. You're not fucking with me. And I'm thinking they about to be like, all right, go ahead, beans, or go ahead, somebody else. But when I said he's not fucking with me, he like, well, let's bet, let's bet, we could bet whatever. And he'll never bet, and he just start rapping again. So that's when I thought it was over from that time. I thought he was about to quit right there. But once he rapped again, I think that's when I came in with that other verse and... Nah, nah, nah. Now, had it not... Because that was... That hurt his career. Do you think that 
was intended to, they threw him to the wolves. Like, cause like you said, once they walked in, they seen, oh, it's you. So do you think that was the intended to, you know, kind of keep it, people from getting their career hurt? Cause that was, I don't know about anywhere else, but in the South, we saw that we didn't, Freeway was like, oh, who? I don't think they, I don't think whole wanted to throw him to the wolves. Like he had budgets open. That was like his investment. So I don't think he, he didn't know me. Yeah, like he, he didn't know what I was know, capable of. I mean, you he never heard me rap. Like Jay-Z wasn't familiar with me at that particular time. So if you just look at me and I'm that age, I'm that size, the way I'm just is, you would never think that I was like able to do what I was able to do. So he was like, normally, 99.9% of the time that would have went perfect. You right. know what I'm saying? It's just like it was a rare situation. Yeah. That he I mean, if you could have put anybody right, if Beans right there, that would have been a crushing blow to the rock. Yeah. <laughs> you put yeah. Beans right there, that's a I think, I think you would have took Jay-Z. Beans, I think you would have took Jay, man. <laughs> I, I got to ask this, though. All of them niggas is from Philly. Why did y'all never, did y'all ever link up and do any music together? Yeah, or um, me and Free got a few songs after the after the battle. Yeah, me oh, and Beans got songs. I actually, put this on. You already know Neo produced it. It's me, Beanie, and Fab. Hell yeah! It was actually just me and Beanie, but Fab came through the studio, and I'm like, Yo, Fab, it'd be crazy if you jump on right here out of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah, it's me, Fab, and Beans. That's another record we got, but we got other records too. Like through the years, we we done stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did I a that, record called The City of Brotherly Slugs that I put together and I produced. I put Freeway on that too. It's like with a, like 50 other niggas from the city too. So. So, was it, so after that, did you just have more respect for Freeway just because he jumped in the fire? Or was it like you are you just fucking with him because on some Philly shit? Like what made you? It seemed like. Nah, you I always fuck with Free. Like, gotcha. you know what I mean? Even before we battled, they had shit out. And I ain't never like dislike Free. I always knew he was dope. But I just knew as far as battle rapping with me and on that type time, like that wasn't his own. But I fuck with Free though. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I know they're supposed to bring you and Free's and I was battle happy back. They was doing it for the city. Like, you know what I mean? I come from the city they was on, like with Jay-Z, State Property, like they was making an impact and putting on for the city. So I always fuck with that. Like, you know what I mean? I know they're supposed to bring you and Freeway's battle back. I know Smack was trying to get it done. I know it ain't, you know, whatever's going on with it, I'm sure you, if everything makes sense, I know you're there to do whatever you got to do for whoever. Um, I got to ask you about uh, the hotel record. It's difficult business. I'm not sure what Freeway charged them. Yeah, go ahead. But with Freeway being who he is, I'm pretty sure, you know what I mean, he was pretty expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know I'm super expensive, so to make that shit come together and make sense, yeah, it's, it's quite be, difficult. But it's a pay-per-view moment, though. I mean, it's... It's decades in the making. And so. they thought because of the history that then when they announced it, it would pop off better than that. I never thought it was a good idea for me to battle free again. So when they said that, I'm like, nah, y'all, like that's not a good idea. Y'all shouldn't do that. <laughs> but they thought it was. They like, nah, that's crazy. If you, you do can that. sell it. <laughs> but see me, I don't got no picks. It's not like I, like yo, I want to battle him. It don't matter. Like once you give me the money, you could pick whoever you want. Right. So once they said they got the money. If y'all want to pick free, fine, pick them. I got to ask you about the, uh, the And the I had to make sure that free was even with it. So I seen free in the club one time. Oh, like, yeah, what free. you say? <laughs> I'm like, yo, free, you want to do it? Like, <laughs> you, you, you really want to do this again? You really want to do it again? Yeah, 
Yeah, free like man, I'm with it. Like, I free. K Walker niggas was telling me like, yo, he said he with it. I'm like, yo, I don't know. Nah, if they, if they can do that and put that in the city, that'll be that'll be crazy for Philly, man. That'll be crazy for Philly. Now and I gotta ask you, good, it's a good thing oh, that go it probably ain't going down again. Yeah, you know I'm saying this is a classic. The first battle that we had, we probably just need to leave it at that. Yeah, it's a classic either way. Um, I gotta ask you about the hotel record um, with with Kells. Um, it, it seemed like he was coming off of getting arrested the first time for the first situation, and he had technically he hadn't went to court yet, but there was a DVD circulating and shit. Did that not affect like your mindset as far as what this record is gonna do at all? As far as what he was dealing with the year prior? Going into the hotel uh, push? That was a year prior to hotel? Yeah, it was a year prior. Uh, I, I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I probably wasn't aware of it at that time. It probably came to my attention later. Mm. And I wasn't like sure about it. Like at that time, Nobody it wasn't was like, sure about it. It was weird. Like, you know what I mean? So it was like, um, I was like a super fan. That nigga's like, the songs that nigga writ is like, man, I was a super fan of R. Kelly and this is my first album, my first single. So to be working with somebody of that magnitude, your first go round, you got Swiss producing it and you about yeah. to get R. Kelly on a song and it's your first single. Yeah. Like, it's like. When you first hear the hook, how you feeling? For me to be like trying to argue that about some tape that I don't even know <laughs> what was like, <laughs> I don't know, like. I ain't even see that shit. I don't even know what's going on. It's like, I'm like, man, I'm not, uh, I wasn't doing no research and digging deep at that time because I ain't the law. You know That's what I'm saying? That's real. And so I was just happy to get the song done. That nigga, a crazy songwriter, made a crazy impression on me when he heard the beat and all the beats that we played and how he was coming up with the melodies and them crazy hooks. So I'm just happy I got a chance to do that. But with his personal life and all that, I'm not a jury or a judge. I'm not here to like do all that. And me is like my my wife a Libra, so I start learning how to be fair in life. And it's like, <laughs> yo, if you're gonna, I don't got no problem with niggas being mad at R. Kelly. If that's how y'all feel, when y'all feel like what he did actually makes you mad at heart, cool. But be mad at heart at anybody that's in that bag. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because right. there's a bunch of niggas. In Yo, my bag. nigga, not even just famous niggas like R. Kelly, just in my neighborhood alone that I grew up in, bro. Yeah. Yo, my nigga, every time all the middle school girls was getting picked up by old heads. Old heads. Like all the we bad middle schools. Every girl that was bad in middle school was getting picked up by some older nigga, bro. Straight up. Like at every... Hood. Like, why niggas acting like they don't know niggas like this? And that's just regular niggas. Not to mention these industry niggas is worse, bro. Like, these niggas is, like, crazy. So now I can't do records. With, you might as well, I can't do no records then. <laughs> like, damn, I can't do rec I can't do no records. Now you, the radio people that played it, you got a problem with them. You got a problem with the video, nigga. The station that my video ever got played on, you got a problem with them. You got a problem with every fucking body then because all of these niggas is guilty of shit. Yeah. So I ain't like here to like point the finger at R. Kelly and these niggas like, they ain't my job, man. I just like respect the nigga music. Yeah. With that song having that much success. And, and respect the fact that 
at that height of his career and yeah. where he was at, he decided to work with me. Yeah, straight up. You know what I mean? I know like Grady, Swiss, J Records, all of the staff and the team I had played a part in him wanting to do that. But regardless of what made it come together, I'm just happy that he made that decision. And came out to the video, like my first video, shot it, he was in there. Yeah. Nigga had a mask on and all that, but he was there. He was in there, bitch. Yeah. Like, nigga got R. Kelly. Yo, my nigga legends. I'm talking about niggas that got 10 albums out. Can't probably get R. Kelly come their video. You just your first. I ain't so no record yet. This is my first single. R. Kelly there for me, my single. Yeah. It's like dope, man. So it's like. Those the those the uh, memorable moments I'm gonna take down. I don't know him personally though. We never hung out. We never went to the hotel together for real. So it's like <laughs> only time we was anywhere close to the hotel was where we shot the video at. <laughs> like come on, man. But 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 when you have that much success on a song like that, right? And you being an act, you know, you can really rap rap. Did you feel like I gotta make another one of these, or did you be like, fuck it, I'm gonna just stick to my bag? Like, how do you? How, how was the follow-up for you? Um, I didn't think I had to make another hotel. I felt as though it was a good record and it was already out. So I needed to go in a different direction. But I think my label and the people that was backing me felt like you need another one of these. Like, why wouldn't they? As a business, yeah. the shit working is successful. We need another one of these. Right. And it'd be difficult to make them understand that something else would make sense. So I just felt like um, at that time and what I represented, like with battle rap lyrics and street shit, I just felt like um, after Hotel, I needed to do something a little more harder to represent that side of me too. Yeah. But we came with Get No Better, which was like a similar, like, you know, direction and vibe. And my core audience kind of knew, like, yo, that's the nigga from the battle, or that's the nigga from the DVDs, or that's the nigga from volume two, or like certain yeah. niggas knew, or that's the nigga from the Who Kid, or the, or the this, or the DJ, not like them little freestyles you saying. Yeah. But I'm talking about the world, the majority of people only knew you from hotel and get no better. Fact. So they thought that was you, like that's your whole you, and that's all you're gonna do. So it was like confusing, and I ain't want people to get confused. At the at the height of that, when you're in, when you're at the hotel success, did any like ladies try to like run up in your hotel or anything at the time? Um, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's like I mean, <laughs> we've had some crazy times. We you could you could be like security, just somebody homie. and they run up in your room just because you're around niggas. Like you know what I mean? That's how it be like. It'd be energy around, but yeah. yeah, at that time, I was like super young. That's the bag I was in. So hotel wasn't like fake. It wasn't like no fake stuff. It was the real me, but I just ain't want to be represented all the way like that. I no wanted facts. people to see the hustler side of me, the drinking two-step side of me, the yeah. innocent man, like the different sides of me. Like That's why I called my first album Split Personality, because I knew that I was going to be faced with that. Because I'm able to do a lot of different stuff. Some artists only capable of doing one thing, so they stay in one bag. You know what to expect from a type of sound. Yeah. And that's what you get. 
But I knew that I could talk about and do so much stuff that I was going to be doing that throughout my career. And it's like a split personality. It don't even seem like the rapper that made Hotel could possibly make the song while I'm battling myself. Mm. Yeah, which is yourself. I was going to ask that. On, on record? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I, I think, yeah, I don't think nobody that. else did that on yeah. record. You think you could beat your uh, your old self, your uh, your twenty year old self? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that'd, sure. be, that'd be that'd be hard. Take one of old, take one of old raps and just go against it. Yeah, without a question. Like, I was super dope when I was young. Um, like I thought, I felt better about the industry. I ain't know as much about the the secrets and the bullshit. So I was more like hungry and inspired to yeah. want to get to it when you're young. But as far as like information and capabilities, I was nowhere near capable of doing then what I could do now. Like I learn every day and I work on my shit every day. So if you learning and constantly working, how could you be better 20 years ago on anything, especially something mental? That's real. Like if it's something physical, maybe as time passes you could get worse. But anything mental, with learning, if you constantly learning and working, as time passes, you're gonna just get better. Yeah, man. And I'm curious, man. You at the this is your height, and then like a couple of years later, man, you go through the situation of, um, you know, in Philly. Uh, uh, I'm assuming you know you're with AR app, and uh, the thing, you know, situation goes down. Uh-huh. Um, how does how was that? As far as were you still like were you were successful, but you were still like in the game, or you still like you still in this like were you still accessible? to the people in Philly at that time, at the height, you know, you're already who you are, but you're still on the block or something. Like, how, how did that happen? Yeah, I was still on the block. I ain't moved till after that. After I caught the case and went to jail, after I came home from that, that's when I moved. But, um... So before that, you just had no reason to leave? I mean, because again, you, you already have success. You're already up there. Yeah, I ain't understand it all the way. I wasn't making a... I wasn't making like full grown man decisions at that time because I was still young. And it's like, I was comfortable with the city. Like, that's what I knew. I knew the people. I knew my way around. I was like, I felt super comfortable and there was no reason for me to move. I never was like under pressure or like had no reason to move or felt like I got to get away. So that's why I was there. That's right. Now, I remember um, the album right after you uh, the case was over with. I just remember a song on the album where you kind of tapped into your spiritual side and you were really like going through there and like saying that that's kind of how you got through it all. But to add to that last question, the yeah. reason why I did move after the case, even though I felt comfortable, because yeah. I seen my discovery. I seen how many niggas in the hood Damn. was making statements and oh, telling shit. shit that they didn't know. Damn. I mean, niggas I thought was real niggas that was ratting and taking a stand Damn. and how niggas was flipping on you and thinking when you're on top of the world, they're your best friend, but when they think you in jail, they counting you out and got slick shit to say. And niggas ain't really there for me. I mean, it wasn't no GoFundMe's yet. But niggas wasn't like raising no money for me or trying to like do nothing to help me or get me out of like nothing. Like niggas was like happy that you in that predicament. Like I even heard radio people, like I had radio budgets, my shit like on a countdown. Like we about to get to the number two song. It's I'm a hustler by cat. I bet he not a hustler now because that nigga in jail, he ain't never coming home. But let's get into the new song. I'm a hustler. What? Shit like that's my radio, not just regular people. I'm talking about 
magazines we getting in jail when niggas is writing up about you like you ain't never coming home again. Like they count you. Y'all don't even know. The, y'all don't even know what the charges is. Yeah, y'all don't even know what's going on. Y'all just saying it's over for me. So it's like then it's like, all right. Now it's like I'm just more selfish. Like I'm more worrying about me and my priorities, my family, and less about hoods and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? When, yeah, but touching on that, you touched on uh, on the album right after that when you got out. You touched on the spirituality getting you through it. Uh, was that something you always had or is that something that like, you know, in jail you reflecting on some things or like what was that about? Um, yeah, I think it was something I always had. But when I went to jail, I, I wanted to tap into it a little more. Like I thought I had time too. Like, um, one of the things I did was read the Bible from cover to cover. Like, because some people say the Bible contradicts itself. Some people say it don't. A lot of the scriptures I read I thought was dope. But I'm like, yo, I can't even win this argument or even get in it because I ain't even read 100% of it. Like, I might have read a lot through the years. People say, yo, read the scripture. Go here. You might have read a book here and there. But, like, the whole shit all the way through to make sure. I'm like, yo, I gotta do that. And I got the time. So, you know, I start dividing it up. Like, yo, probably, you know, some days you might do 50 pages, 40 pages, but on the average, like around like 40 pages a day. Nice. Like, even if I got wild shit to do, I'll still do that. But some days you might go and do way more, but Time and that, I had enough time to do it. And I almost did it like twice, cover to cover, like read it all the way through twice. So that helped me get like, you know what I mean? More spiritual, more in touch with the higher power and the direction that I'm trying to go in. What book of the Bible did you get the most wisdom from? Um, I would probably have to say Psalms because I got some information if you divide the Bible in half like directly in half, the middle chapter and middle verse would be Psalms 118, verse 8. Um, I think it's like um, 1188 chapters. So yeah. that's one, that's um, 1188. Yeah. And Psalms one. 18 is Psalms 118 verse 8. So that's 1188 too. Yeah. Psalms 118 verse 8, if you divide it right in half, that's the middle chapter and oh. it's 1188 chapters in the whole John. So that stuck out to me. And when I read it, it said it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Oh, yes. So yes. I was worrying about like what judge I had, what lawyer I had, if niggas was going to take the stand or. Yeah. But I'm like, yo, if the higher power want me to get out of jail, there's nothing nobody could do to keep me in here. That's right. But if it's like I need to be in here for a reason, there's nothing I could do to get me out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I need to just work on my relationship with him and stop worrying about all that other shit. So that's why that chapter stuck out to me. You know what I mean? I even got a tattoo on my arm. Oh, that's real. You know what that's I mean? Real. So... So I'm I'm curious. Uh, you get out of jail and then like, 
like six, seven months later, um, you get in a car accident that almost take your life. Um, you know, most most people here probably haven't had a, like a near death experience like that. Um, how did that affect you as far as, like you said, you was thinking young minded prior, you know what I'm saying, to kind of get you caught up. How did your thinking change to go through that and live through that and come out of that on top? Yeah, that was hard too. That was like right after the case. So yeah. like right after I dealt with that and got home and started working on the project, like a few months after that is when I got in an accident. So it was hard. Like it changed me physically. Like when I woke about the coma and I looked at my face, it was like completely different. Like, and my shit was like, you know, like when you first come out of accident, my shit was worse. Like, you know what I'm saying? That hill back up, you get more closer to normal. Yeah. But when your shit first happened, it's like, you like super deformed. I'm thinking like, yo, I always like, and I mean, I never wanted to be like no runway model, like the best looking nigga in the world. But I always thought I was like, had a cool look, like I was attractive. Like now my whole face is like fucked up. I ain't never gonna look the same. My shit ruined. And the doctors were saying I was never gonna be able to rap again because my brain was so badly damaged. And I had amnesia. So yeah. I couldn't even remember my life really. Damn. So that was like difficult to try to get your memory back and Oh, uh, that shit, it was kind of hard to deal with. Nah, that's real, because even you got so you got to perform songs. And they're like, hey, cats come do the show. And it's like, you got to, I got to get back to it. So I yeah, you couldn't, I couldn't do shows because I couldn't remember none of my music. Mm. Like, I couldn't remember no lines, none of the music, none of it. Like, even songs like Hotel that I did thousands of times, it's like hit records. Everybody else know the words. It's like, yeah. And I, I performed it like I know I know the words, but I just can't, you just can't pull it. It's like, um, it's like deja vu, kind of like, you know, that feeling when you got deja vu, like yeah. I've seen that before. Yeah. Not exactly like that, but that kind of feeling like you looking at the video and you can tell something in you is like saying that you should know it. Like, like, like you can see that that's you. So you like, yo, that I have to, I should be able to know something about this shit. Yeah. But you looking and it's just like, it's just like you can't get it. It's like, you know, when you got like the name on the tip of my tongue and you like, yo, it's on the tip of my tongue and you know, you know it, but you just searching and you can't find it. Yeah, you're racking your brain. But it's like that with everything. Damn. Like, it's like everything is like, is on the tip of my tongue. Like, you know, it's somewhere, but you can't find it Damn. Oh, so it's man. like I'm trying to say the words and I'm trying to like think like how I don't know none of these words oh, but man. you don't know nothing nah, that's a blessing it's, crazy. it's a blessing that you came back from that uh, now before you jumped into battle rap uh, you know they was wanting big rappers like yourself to come back in and uh, Joe Budden jumped in there first with Hollow to Don did you feel like he fucked up for jumping in the ring like that because that was like that that was bad. It was bad. Um <laughs> It was bad. It was bad. But he jumped out there. I don't think he fucked up by jumping in the ring. I think he just should have carried it all the way through. Okay. Shouldn't have got so frustrated. Bent out of proportion. Yeah. yeah. I thought and it was so done. Should have <laughs> carried it a little better at the end. Yeah. But I still feel like, you know, 
for him to be like a professional, like making music and not in battle rap, and to come back, or to come into battle rap and battle somebody like Hollow the Don, who is like a real battle rapper, just like all battle rap, and he didn't get killed, killed, is like, you know what I'm saying? I think he did a, you know what I mean, good job. It's like he a rookie, that's his first battle. And that's like hollow 100th battle. So it's like, um, you know, to come back and even do anything worth talking about is good good on my part, man. Man, with, with you, you made music back in the day where it was budgets, and now we have fast forward, you got everybody independent, got their own tune core. What do you like better, back doing music back then or right now? I like doing music better right now. I got more creative freedom than ever right now. I'm in full control over everything that go on. And I could be creative like how I want to be. So I guess I'm in the best space right now. With, with, with the AI shit going on right now, right? You got AI people making fake Drake songs you know, and shit like that. when you with machines, a lot of people got a part in the music that you make. So it wasn't just me. It's like a lot of other people have part or influence in what was happening with my music. Yeah. But now it's like 100% me. Yeah. So I feel better about it now. And I could take more credit for what goes down now. Right. Do you think it's more money in it, in, in it now, being independent like you're doing it now or back then? Um, it's more money now. I mean, rap, hip hop is the number one form of music in the world. So it's growing, more people interested, and there's more ways to generate money from it. So I think the industry as a whole is bigger. So if you're talking about money, overall, it's bigger now. And in the next 10 to 15 years, the industry is about to double what it's worth. Like, so whatever it's worth today, in the next 10, 15 years, it's going to be worth at least double that. Right. So that means it's going up. Like, it's about to be even more money. People just got to figure out how to claim more of a percentage of the money that's coming in. The creatives do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody going to want to part, but I think the people that's creating the energy should, you know, get the most percentage. And I think that's what's changing. That's what's going to change. So I think there's more money in it now. But regardless, if you're independent, even back then or now, it's just more difficult than just doing music. You gotta do, you gotta do everything to be independent. Or have the right team to help you, but you're still responsible for that team. Not a label, not other people. So it's more difficult to be successful. You got more jobs to do. It's way harder work. So if you wanna be like lazy, you don't really want to put in a lot of work. The best bet is they try to get a deal, get assistance and get people to invest in you and put together your team so you could do the least amount of work. Of course, you're going to have to pay the most back. You're going to have the most people overseeing your money. But that's what you need because you're lazy and you don't want to put in the work. But if you feel like you can understand the business and can, can, take, it, can take that control and deal with it, then learn it and be independent. So I'm curious, uh, you had a, I'm a Hustler CD did like almost 100K first week. Do you feel like those first week sales still matter when it comes to streaming? Mm. 
That was all like a, that was like a marketing and promotion tool back then too. Like yeah. when they used to let you know what the first week did. Same thing with movies. They let you know what the first week did because you think if it did big, a lot of people wanted to see it. It's like lit. It's the thing of the world and I don't want to be left out. So now I need to see it. This movie came out and it did this amount the first week. It's like, damn, everybody went to see that shit and I ain't see it. Like, yo, I got to see this shit. You know what I'm saying? Or oh, this shit sold this amount the first week, this album, everybody listening to it. So when I go to the club, I'm going to be the only person that don't know this shit. Like, and everybody want to fit in. Like, a lot of people don't want to be outcasts or, like, leaders or, like, stickouts. They want to fit in, bro. That's why social media, stuff that make you, like, fit in with everybody, everybody together, people like that. You know what I'm saying? So, that is what it is. How did you come up with the Hustler dance? <laughs> Nigga, we was all in school trying to do that, nigga. Uh, <laughs> um, me, one of my homies, Jay, in Philly. Um, it's just, it's just like a little vibe we used to have even before the Hustler came out, similar to it. But the bounce that I'm a Hustler was like perfect to it. And when it came out, I don't know. I, I just like it was a vibe, we, you know what I mean? I just came with it. And I think it's like at that time, people was trying to dance and have fun at the same time. And I was young too, so I was like more serious, going in a more serious direction, but I wanted to let people know like even with these serious topics, I could still dance and have fun and move and you can, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I came up with it. You know what I mean? My form of doing what they thought was catchy, but in a hood way that I felt comfortable with. Like not no weird dance that I gotta do that make me feel like I'm out of pocket when I do it. It's like a cool dance that niggas in the street that respect themselves could do and not feel like they a clown. So I wanted something like that out. Are we ever gonna get some more Swiss in Cassidy music, man? Y'all together was like a dynamic duo, nigga. Y'all was like Shaq and Kobe on some shit. Like, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Who knows what tomorrow will bring, man? <laughs> Damn, man. All right, now I, I got to ask about the, um, you know, you, you went online, you jumped out there and you said you influenced Lil Wayne. And we do got the we got the the, the track with you, Wayne and Fabulous. We all know that's the crazy six minute uh, track. Um, no, to your credit, nobody was rapping like you before you like just putting them, them, them punch it. lines back to back. Nobody was doing that shit. Yeah. And we all do see Wayne kind of go towards that. So, like, when you said that, it didn't sound like you were saying it on no disrespect shit. You just sound, sound like, nigga, I was me. And so, could you clarify that? Like, was now, it. I super respect Wayne. Like, I fuck with Wayne. But I was just stating the facts. Like, when I came with this punchline style and this, like, battle, being competitive type style. It like changed the game and the the way you had to rap in order to be considered hot, like change. So all of the dudes that was like on their job realized that and kind of like switched the direction that they was going in. You know what I mean? Facts. It's crazy because um, I, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. Now, hey, well, now it's it's like this. It's like uh, the Wayne Wayne had um, I think you had came out spinning these bars back to back, back to back. And then Wayne had uh, the Carter come out with Go DJ. And I felt the flow change. 
like where he was bar, bar, bar. And I didn't see that before. So when you said that, I felt you. I'm like, yeah, it was a different Wayne prior in the Cash Money days. And then when he got with just, you know, him by himself with the Carter, I heard them them bars back to back to back. So I, <laughs> I see where you're coming from with this shit. I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not. And I don't want to like, you know, Lil Wayne got super fans. I don't want people to think I'm trying to like, <laughs> you're right, Wayne, you're I'm right. not his only inspiration. Like people are like, no, nah, he is part of juvenile. No, he is part of 103,000. <laughs> like, it's like, nah, I'm not. Not Sam is only inspiration, bro. Not his inspiration for his style, the way he dress or the way he act. And he probably got inspirations from a million motherfuckers. I'm just talking about as far as barring it up. Yeah. Like yeah. punching and metaphors and similes and piecing up syllables like that. That part is inspiration for niggas to change their style. And that's the part I brung. Now, a bunch of other people could have inspired him to become the Wayne that everybody loved. But I know I played a part in inspiring that part of him. And not just Wayne, but anybody that was out at that time. Yeah. Like anybody that was rapping that was out and tried to stay hot, they had to make some type of adjustment or else they didn't sound hot no more. Like once you hear niggas rapping like this and punching and going crazy, then you hear a nigga rapping regular. It's like... Yeah, you could clearly tell a difference. It's like, yo, even if you don't fully understand, you could just tell like it's something about this and something about this that ain't the same. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So everybody, like, man, I gotta start blacking out. I gotta start going crazy. And the dudes that did do it was the ones that was successful and won and got it lit. Like, yeah. the ones that tried to act like that wasn't the wave and they wasn't going to convert. It was just the niggas that lost energy. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, you got a video right now where you got a mic hanging in the car. We were kind of like, damn, that's kind of live because everybody got the mic drop yeah. video. You got the mic drop in the car <laughs> while yeah. you rapping. And one of the things you said, I'm bringing bars back. For sure. Do you, do you think um, we've gotten so far away from the actual skill set? It seemed like the producers and engineers kind of are taking the forefront as far as why shit is so hot right now. You know what I'm saying? But what you saying, we and need that to. That car freestyle, if you listen back, yeah. that whole rhyme, that whole song I did in the car, it's the same rhyme pattern. Like, it's the same rhyme from beginning to end. Right. Like, I never switched the rhyme. Like, it's like a three-syllable piece up. But the whole shit rhyme. Right, right. It's, 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 it's crazy, because you always do this, bro. Like, you'll go away for a little second, and then you come, mm, you'll just come back with a, just a crazy smash out of nowhere. Is that like a planned thing or is it just like man, every now and then you just get motivated and you just go crazy? You do that often, um, bro. You'll go away and just come back with some shit. You'd be like, damn. Let them know you still got it type thing. Like, I never stop having it. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's just sometime it'd be more like right put in your face. I'd be having backing, money behind me. So it's meant to be like that. Other times I just be going crazy and it's like you might not even realize it. Facts. Like um, recently I just dropped three projects back to back. It really was like one project, but I ain't want to drop like a triple CD or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Year after year. Yeah, yeah. You, you. So it's like I had so much music and I was making an adjustment at the time. I just wanted to drop some music for my fan base. So I dropped three projects in a six-month time period, every two months. Yeah. I dropped a new album. 
And it's like a lot of people didn't even hear that music. Like, you know what I mean? They'd be like, yo, when you gonna drop something new? And don't even know that I put out them projects and if they hear it, they'll be going crazy. They just not in tune. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And everybody ain't on the same timeline. I learned that from working in the game too. So of course, you and the people that's directly around you, y'all gonna be on the, y'all gonna be more up on it because y'all get everything first and foremost. Yeah. Then you got like super, super fans. Like that's like, they like not letting nothing pass. So you might've did it, but it's immediately as somebody announced it, they don't got to drop yet. They know it's coming. They know it's about to drop. They know the time is dropping. They like on it. So they like super in tune with what's going on too. But then you got other people that might super love you, but just not in tune. Yeah. They like, yo, the last time I heard this nigga, I loved him. I just ain't know what he was doing. <laughs> like, and then they like, yo, he got three projects. And then they listen and they fucking like, yo, this yo, what the fuck He's is that? Yeah, they did. They just wasn't aware. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But some people might be aware like today. Some people might be aware next week. That's right. Some niggas might not even hear these projects for another 10 years. That's right. But when they do, they gonna fuck with it. Just like some of the songs I just said, shit real, you started rapping it with me. Yeah. So who knows when you could have first heard that? It could have been a year ago, 10 yeah. years ago when yeah. it first dropped. It don't matter though. It could be somebody else that's on my timeline right now. Like, yo, I just heard this song that you did with Game. You killed it. Yeah. It's my first time hearing it. And you like, yo, a person like you that know the rap, like you like, how could this yeah. be your first time hearing it? But it's honestly people first time hearing it. They like, yo, it's not. I just never heard this shit before. Yeah, fast, it's my fast. first time. Yo, I was just in the car. What's the name? Had the shit on. I'm like, what's this? He like some shit with Game and Cass. I'm like, yo, that shit fire. Yeah. I never heard that shit. And they on the timeline typing like it's new. Like, like it's just a new thing you did, That's but right. you can't say that, you know, you can't take away just cause they heard it now and somebody else might be on something different. So I, I just keep working. That's you real. That's I mean? real. I got to ask you cause you know, you know, speaking on bars and you know, some, you know, rappers, you recently, not saying exposed, you recently spoke on Eminem's rap scheme and people were so surprised like, whoa, Cassidy's breaking that. Like they were so surprised about you kind of saying how Eminem's rap scheme go. Were you surprised that people were surprised of how Eminem basically been kind of doing the game since he came in? Nah, Eminem a genius, bro. Yeah, he could Eminem, go anyway. He could go anyway. Eminem a lyrical genius. That was just one of the. I just want people to know, like, I don't just when I say stuff, it's not just by my opinion or whether I just like it or just a wave like i really break it down by the science on it like how complicated it is to do like in the science so i just was saying that to let people know like the breakdown of what that was the amount of syllables he was rhyming you might as a fan not understand this but i'm letting you know why it sounds like this to your ear why you might like it or think it's hot or i'm just explaining it to people so they could break it down but there's other lyrics that I could let you know when Eminem in that verse, he might have been, is, uh, I gave an example when he was rhyming one syllable. Yeah. Um, Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Do you want to see me stick nine-inch nails through each one of my eyelids? That's two syllables. Yeah. But there's other syllables like, you know what I mean? Um, like, if you go to like, Renegade, like yeah. on that song, yeah. there's like parts in that song when he's piecing up five syllables. Oh, yeah. 
And in between the five syllable piece up, he rhyming three syllable piece ups. And it's like a advanced form of writing that oh, Eminem yeah. could do easy. So I'm not saying that he not like one of the sickest in the world. I just understand it. I know when he do five syllables and why I sound like that. I know when he rhyming two syllables or when he rhyming one. I know when he cheating and barely rhyming or when he doing advanced rhyming that nobody could do. I know the difference. But a fan just like, I like Eminem and don't know the difference between none of this shit. Or don't even think it matters. Like, what difference does it make? Like, right. but that's it does, real. though. That's real. I'm curious, did you hear of a chameleon there before he did Riding Dirty? Out here in Texas. I'm not sure if I heard of him before that. Okay, okay. He was that might have been around the same hey, time. For Texas, bars was crazy. Bar, his bars was, yeah, he was, he was, he was on your level in Philly or the, in the East Coast. He was that for Texas and the downside region. But you worked with Lil Flip a few times. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Lil Flip just basically being able to freestyle? We had him freestyle for 20 minutes on our on our on our situation. What are your thoughts as far as him as a down south off the head freestyler? Um, I fuck with Lil Flip. That's my man. Shout um, out Flip. We got a new record on my new project too. Oh shit. Grown hell ass yeah. man. Hell yeah. That might be a look. Yeah. That might be a look. That might be a look. That's a super dope record, man. Like and it's not expected. It's not like a feature that people just trying to grab to catch a wave. It's just like, I got real respect for him. We worked on records like super, super back in the day. So like, you know what I mean? To have that history and to still be able to get it in and work, it was dope. And this new record we got is crazy. So can't wait till the, y'all hear it on this new project, man. Flip. I think I seen the live when, <laughs> when y'all was doing the shit. Cause y'all, um, I think y'all had an Instagram post. Did, he put out a project, um, not too long ago. Um, damn, don't I'm high. I can't really remember the name of the whole project, but I know he just released a project not too long ago, and I did a record for him on that project. So maybe that was on the live. You could have heard that record playing. Yeah. That was maybe the record for his project with Easy the Block Captain on it. And I think Reed Dollars on it. Yeah. 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 And um, it's like one of them records that we put together for his drum. But no, the record for my project is a different record. Gotcha. But really it's that energy. <laughs> it's like it's that work. How many Flip hats? talking crazy too, man. It's like happy to hear him like barring it out to show people he's still, you know what I mean? Get to it. How many hats do you own? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> How much money do you think you spent on that? <laughs> I know, right? That shit crazy. I you you and Ti made me buy hats. Like, like <laughs> the way I wore the, the fitted is like it was legendary. Yeah, that's it. I definitely I definitely blew a lot of bags on hats because I've been wearing hats forever and always getting hats. So. <laughs> That would would you crazy. perform without your hat if like it's not like you can't find it or you lose it or something? Like, nah, I ain't going on without my hat. Yeah, nah, that's like part of my wardrobe, yeah. man. <laughs> nah, <for real. laughs> Niggas with hats. Do, do you ever react off of uh, Twitter when you see your, your face as a meme? Like, they got you memed out like crazy on Twitter, bro. Yeah. Do you ever just react to this shit like that? It's wild. Mm. I mean... <laughs> Couple times I might have reacted with my family, just you know what I mean. But it's it's I understand how energy works, so it's a good look. If you a mean, you got people attention. 
Dope. A little earlier, you was talking about your barber being a rapper. Um, I just want to get your opinion on some haircuts. Are they saying uh, are upwards of a hundred dollars or more nowadays? Uh, what do you think is a proper price to put on a haircut? It depends on the type of cut it is, how good the barber is. You know, I think that's super important. And the convenience of the cut. Like, and I mean, if you got to go in a crowded barbershop, they don't got the barbershop under control, so you might got to deal with a lot of bullshit. You never know what's going to happen. You got to wait long. Right. All these bad predicaments and all this shit, then there's less. You know what I mean? It should be like a shop price. And if you right. want to tip, maybe. But, you know, you got a, you got some professional barber that got all the portable equipment. You got a cape with your name on it and come to your studio, wherever you at, follow you around the world. And, yeah, like you got some special barber like that, then it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to be a little more. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It just depends on the, the quality of the, you know what I mean, the barber. As, I guess that's like saying, like, you know, what should you pay for a cheeseburger? You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Depends on if it's like McDonald's or if it's like one of them top of the line burgers in the world. Like, you know what I mean? There's different different levels. You know what I mean? Facts. I would never tell you to pay that top of the line burger price for a Big Mac. Right. Facts. But, Facts. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, niggas will pay it. I didn't ask all that. What do you think about fake beards? Like a nigga just coming out, come in and come out with a fake beard. I mean, in this world we living in, man, it's, it's, it's hard to tell the difference between what's real and fake now. Yeah, man. And you know. That's a real Who knows, man? The, the whole body that you're living in might just be an avatar for uh, your higher consciousness somewhere else. Yeah might be like the real you and this thing that you in is just an avatar and you just feel like it's yourself momentarily but it's really not and everything about you could be a made-up avatar that you just made up that's fake altogether so it's like what is real what is fake it's all about information man the more information you get you'll be able to determine what the truth is and what's fake that's facts i'm curious cassidy uh what is your criteria for a legend as a rapper what would you say what makes somebody legend? But the fakeness is not oh, always bad, man. That shit could help, bro. Whether there's a fake bear, sometimes make, you know. It help confidence. <laughs> it help the confidence, confidence for real. Yeah, make the person feel better about themselves. Make other people feel better about the person. Whether a girl got fake eyelashes or fake titties or fake ass sometimes can make her super attractive. Yeah. Girls might yeah. not have no body, might have low self-esteem, get their body done. Now they the light of the party. Into the men's eyes is more attractive. Yeah. So it's not bad for that person to be fake. You know what I mean? That's real. No, that's real. What's your criteria for and a legend? It's not really oh, fake. Oh, oh, like no, if no. you didn't have no titties before, <laughs> if you didn't have no titties before and you get some titties, it's like it's not really fake, fake, because it's like you never had none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never had titties. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like you're not. But if you walk in a stick yeah. figure and walk out a bad bitch, I don't know. That's kind of... We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. We support it, man. We sponsor it. That attitude change is kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's only like fake when you can compare it to something realer. So if you already had big ass titties and they was already nice, 
and then you get them chopped off to get implants, then that's fake. Like, why would you get a fake version of what you already had? Like, that's fake. But if you ain't have no titties or you don't have, you had a flat butt, now you got a fatty. It's not fake. You never had no butt. <laughs> it's, not <real. laughs> it's, just, it's from my stomach. It's just in my ass now. Hey, what, if, what if a girl had ass and went and got the butt reduction? Whatever that's, makes that's, you happy, whatever makes you. Man, I was just watching this show with my wife. Some people was like 800 pounds, 700 pounds. Had to lose weight to drop down to be like six or five so they could be enough weight to get surgery. Yeah, that's true. Just to tie their stomach up so they could hopefully lose weight. And some of them might die if they don't get this surgery. So you could look at that as fake. But would you rather them just stay fat and die or what? Like you rather people be miserable, have low self-esteem, live a fucked up life or be happy. So that's facts. That's facts. That is what it is. Now, Cass, I got to ask, um, you know, you've had a legendary career. What do you feel makes a rapper a legend or what their career legendary? Like what criteria you feel makes it makes it legendary? Do you use the word legend? Um, consistency. You know what yeah. I mean? Consistency. The time that you've been putting on. Yeah. I think is what is the difference between somebody that got potential, good, great. Or a legend. A lot of people put Pac and Biggie as legends, but they, they kind of died early. So would you consider that they had a legendary career or they got cut short? Um, both. They did definitely get cut short, but the work that they put in in that short period of time was legendary. Definitely. They did enough work in that short period of time to become legends. You know, in that short period of time, especially Pac, he did so much work that it's niggas that's still alive now and that's super older. Like, you know what I mean? That still ain't putting as much work as he did in that short period of time. So that's legendary. You know what I mean? For a long time in Philly, they said the anthem was Dreams and Nightmares intro. It was recently just said that, that had the, the anthem has changed from that to I Want to Rock by Lil Uzi. What are your thoughts on that? Or do you, or is, is there an anthem in Philly? Or is either one of those the anthem? Um, I'm not sure who like made this comment. DJ Drama, um, DJ Drama made the comment. Yeah, I, I disagree. I feel like there's a lot, of, a, a lot of Philly anthems. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and she says, and that's my baby mama. Like when that come on, that's like a that's like a wave. Like you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's like you know, how can you like take away summertime from Will Smith? It's yeah. like a classic. Every year, still play. I just heard it the other day. Still banging, still playing, still fire. After all this time, it's like so you can't compare newer songs to that because it's been holding it down still to this sure. day. So it would take so many more years for them to even be able to even be able to compare to a yeah. song like that. Yeah, and summertime. that's a Philly song. Yeah, Summertime, yeah, bro. You, you know what I'm saying? That's on just summertime. one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what if I say like, uh, um, 
like even for the ladies, like what if you say like, I got a man that I think I'm gonna love forever. Like right. it's like these is bangers, like you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like so many records that they came through the years. Like, even if you talking about ooh, ooh, you got it. The glamorous life, like that had the city on Smash too. So I can't take away from all of the songs and the work people put in. It's like, but that Meek song, Dreams and Nightmares, a legendary song, is going down the history, it holds his weight. But Uzi Vert song can't come and knock that out the picture because it's two different forms of rap. Like I, I like Uzi's song because of the beat, the feel, the, the way it make you like want to vibe. But I don't get, I don't get nowhere near the same feeling as when I hear Dreams and Nightmares. And nobody do. Like when the little Uzi shit come on the club, everybody, oh, it's just like, man. It's just like, it's like, it's no, but when that other shit come on, niggas like, hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? Like niggas, when I got that SMO and y'all thought it was finished? Like niggas know the words. Like niggas just rapping it, like they rapping it like they meet. They can't wait till the beat about to go up. They can't wait till he go, hold up, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> niggas can't wait. Niggas want to say every word with him. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a different type of, it's a different type of song. So to like compare them or say one knock out the other, and especially with the Uzi verse song being so new and they ain't even get enough time to show how long it's going to last is not fair to Meek or the other artists that got dope records that came before Meek. So I gotta ask before we get out, um, you were left off of uh, Billboard's top 50. Do you feel that was a robbery? You feel they were just doing politics with that top 50 list? Because of course, everyone, anyone who knows rap. But to add to that question, I used to be with Meek when niggas uh -huh. ain't even know him outside the city. I remember I bought him the BB Kings in New York and niggas ain't even recognize him. Damn. So now I've been in Dubai, I've been in Bahrain and places like that and her old niggas like, hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? Yeah. So I mean, niggas know that shit all around the world. Yeah. Now, also is in Bahrain and Dubai and places like that. And that came on. And niggas like this. <laughs> it's like, as soon as that shit come on, my wife in the car, my wife start hitting her leg. That shit get, that shit get different. So it's like, I'm just happy that niggas from the city, the same city I'm from. You know what I mean? I just had a dream, put some shit together, and now the whole world know it and love it. Yeah. That's dope. I don't even want them to compete with each other. It's just good that they was both able to do something that's legendary like that. Right, right. No way. Real. Why you talking about Philly in the city? Arab has a video out where he did it. What they call self snitching, where he just talking. Did you see that video where he's just basically speaking on stuff that he probably shouldn't be speaking on, but saying it. And they put together a compilation showing like, man, he just did a lot of talking in interviews, stuff he shouldn't be saying. Have you ever seen that video? I don't think so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I might have seen some of the videos that they put together, they put a compilation together, but I don't know. ARAB is your man. Again, of course, you know, uh, you know, free our ARAB. Now, before we get out of here, I got to ask you, uh, they had a Billboard Top 50 rappers list. They didn't put your name on there. And I felt it was politics. Yeah, I feel like AR said a lot of stuff oh. that I wish he wouldn't have said, but you know, AR was shit. It's a thin line between because when he was outside saying that everybody was hyping it up and making it seem like it was a good thing, till he get in trouble, then everybody say he shouldn't have did it. 
Yeah. It's like the world is bad influences, man. Not That's why you gotta stick to the script and do what you're supposed to do, man. Stick to the goddamn script. Stick to the goddamn script. Your project's coming out now as far as uh your son is producing. For sure. Uh you, you know, you got your son, you put him on game. You got what's new his, what's his producer name? What's the producer? What does he go by? Cats go crazy. With that's a K. Son's name is Casco. I mean, that's hard. Bro. Yeah, but with a K though, Casco crazy. Oh, that's gonna be crazy. Uh, w- when are you putting the project out? Like, when you gonna throw the project out to the world? What you gonna do with Any it? Any day now. I just been working hard. I've been on the road, running around. Facts, and we appreciate it. I ain't even really had no time to get back to the lab to really finalize this project yet. But um, in the next couple of days, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna definitely get some time to lock in. I just Got a little bit of finishing touches and some a couple more features that I want to put on the project. Okay. It's pretty much already done. I'm already mixing, mastering, getting it perfect. A lot of the records is already ready. The single is already ready. I'm getting the video date any day now. So it's already in motion. I just know like how it is and I'm independent, so I don't want to announce a date and then miss yeah. it and all that stuff. And I know that's not even necessary. I know my fan base just ready for it. So yeah, whenever it's coming, they're going to be excited. Yeah, just building up the momentum to let people know that I'm on it this time around. There's not no game. Like, I'm super focused. Facts. They could tell by the interviews, the bars I'm giving out, the other stuff that's coming around right now. And they could just tell, like, if I'm getting this and just an interview, just imagine what's on this project. They already <laughs> know what I'm about to do. So it's about to get crazy. Yeah, no, whether it's a uh, battle rap or whether it's the music, man, I mean, you got a, a fluid fan base. People love you. And we, yeah, we rooting for you. We're going crazy, waiting on you, no matter what you do. So we're excited. Um, for those that do want to uh, make sure they follow Cass, follow, make sure they follow your music, how can they get at you? Where are you at now? What are you, are you on social media? Are you active on Twitter or whatever? Yeah, I'm on social media, Cassidy underscore Larceny. Okay. Um, I'm on social media. For business or like want to send some beats, get some features done, book some shows or something like that, shit litty at Gmail. S H I T L I T T Y at Gmail. There you go. Um, check out goatgangcbd.com. Mm, okay. Check out smokelikeagoat.com. Okay. Come on, man. I'm on all of the music platforms with new music. Just type in Cassidy, all of the new shit going to pop up. Easy. Easy. I, mean, I got to check that mic with, in the car. That shit's wild. Now nah, nah, we're gonna check. Aside <laughs> gonna... of this classic platform, I'm on a bunch of other platforms. Freestyling, dropping songs, dropping new yeah. music, going crazy. So I'm super active. Now you're going crazy right now. You're going crazy right now. Yeah. Any shout outs you want to give or any flowers you want to give to anybody that came before? Um, Ari, all my inspirations, man. All of the people that paved the way for me to be able to do what I'm doing. And all of the people that's coming after me that's carrying it from this point on. Yeah. Shout out to all of y'all, all of my supporters and all my haters that keep me motivated to keep grinding. Shout out to y'all, this beautiful platform. Keep doing y'all thing, nothing but love and support. Oh, man. Shout out to the team, Goat Gang, Larceny Family, Mayhem Music. Shout out to Rough Riders. Shout out to Larceny Family. Shout out to Full Surface Records. Yes. Shout out to J Records. Shout out to all of the people that invested money to me in the past. It's showtime, man. Bars is back, man. I'm excited. Shout out to Battle Rap, too, man. All of the dudes that got bars that's keeping this thing going, staying consistent with the metaphors, the similes, trying to piece up them syllables. Shout out to all of y'all. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, man, we just want to thank you so much for coming in and sitting down with us for a little bit, giving us a piece of your life, brother. Hey, man, you've been through a lot. You've been very triumphant, and we just want to see you keep going. We know you're going to rise to the top. Hey, and to the top of the tip top, if you're not already there, you're going to keep going. We already know it. And this is the best part. You are yes, a real life street star. Cassidy. I'm a hustler. I'm a, I'm a hustler. I'm a hustler. I'm going to do the dance right now.